0: Difficult relationships are the last thing we need when we're trying to get through life. Who wants to spend a good portion of every day dealing with a difficult person? That's why I created the Love and Abuse Podcast. Head over to loveandabuse.com and learn if the difficult relationship can get a little bit easier or if you need to take a bit more assertive steps to make life easier in general. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people, just said that, and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. Today, I want to comment on a conversation I see going on in the Facebook group. I know I talk about that a lot, but there's a lot of good conversations over there, over the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment group on Facebook. If you're not in it, feel free to join and I'll, uh, I'll let you in. <laughs> we can talk about anything you want. And um, one of the conversations that we're having over there, somebody wrote uh, that they were having issues in their relationship having to do with the person they're with being quite distant, emotionally disconnected. And um, I'll just read some of this. They said, I'm seeking advice on a complex situation. Uh, For a few years, we've faced a crisis that has strained our relationship. And we've been dealing with issues like forgiveness, trust, and emotional distance. We still live together, but it feels like I'm carrying the entire burden of maintaining our relationship. It's become one-sided and I feel like I'm the only one making an effort. For instance, there's a lack of physical affection and emotional connection, no hugs and kisses. Even when I initiate such gestures, her response feels distant, insincere, and even dishonest. Our conversations have become limited, except when she's excited about something and additionally she tends to become passive-aggressive. She stonewalls, she sulks, she becomes defiant when things don't go her way. I'm at a crossroads considering separation. I'm hesitant to confront her about the lack of affection, as I fear any change may be artificial and not based on sincerity given her current responses. Should I continue observing and draw my own conclusions? Now, the conversation continued in the group, and a lot of people had a lot of great information, great suggestions, and advice. And uh, one of the things I kept seeing, and I'm not going to read them all here, but one of the things I kept seeing in their response, the person who wrote is that they addressed their partner's passive aggressiveness and other behaviors. And the person who created the post kept saying, I keep addressing her behaviors with her. And I kept seeing that theme in this person's responses. And just to keep the person who posted their anonymity, I'm going to call him Chris. As I read Chris's responses to some of the members' uh, questions or suggestions, I noticed that he kept saying, I'm working on her passive-aggressive behavior. I'm talking to her about her passive-aggressive behavior. He kept saying that about his partner or his wife, and I think he kept mentioning how he was trying to make her feel better or trying to get her past this and trying to communicate with her because she was not sharing her deeper thoughts. He did not want to go that deep with him and he feels that she's being very dishonest and inauthentic and he can tell. And you can tell when somebody that you care about and you believe they care about you, you can tell when they're different. You can tell when they're not being connecting. You can tell when the bond has been severed in some way. Now Chris did say he did something in the past that she has not been able to get past or they have had problems since then. So I believe there was probably some sort of betrayal. He didn't mention what it was, but we can have our assumptions about what that was. And she has not been able to get past it. And uh, that's a very important aspect of this, because once there's been a betrayal of love and trust, it may never turn around. It may never turn around. It may never get better. It may never heal. He did say that he's gone to therapy and the therapist have said, okay, six months, and she should be at least starting the healing process. At least that was my interpretation of what he said. And he said, it's been years, it's been years and years. And I don't know what the betrayal was, but I'm going to talk about one of the biggest betrayals in a relationship, which is infidelity. And infidelity is what I have once in the past and still do call emotional murder. Infidelity is like taking someone's heart out, throwing it on the ground and stomping on it. At least this is what it feels like to the victim of infidelity. When it's discovered, it's like your whole world collapses around you. And yes, you can become a different person because who you were is now different. If you felt comfortable being yourself, trusting someone else, 100%, feeling good with them, being who you are with them, then in order to get past it in one way, shape or form, in order to get past the betrayal or the big challenge in the relationship, you have to become a different person, whether that's because you want to heal or because you want to rebuild, or even if you want to, I mean, heal and rebuild, it could be the same thing, but, or if you want to not heal and you want to stay angry, either way, you're a different person after that point you become a different person. And in order for the relationship to survive something like that, there has to be a a rebuilding process. That doesn't always mean healing, but usually it goes hand in hand. But you have to rebuild because you have to start over. And starting over means you can't be who you were because who you were felt comfortable being that person and You were okay with everything as is. But if you choose to be who you were again, and you are comfortable in your own skin, and you're okay with everything as is, then you don't feel comfortable knowing that things are going to work out okay. You won't feel comfortable. Let's just say that your partner cheated on you, and you won't feel comfortable not knowing if your partner is going to cheat on you or not again. Because if you became who you were, and decided to go back to status quo, you will never have that level of trust that you once had. And because of that, you've changed. You've become a different person. And in order to get to a new level, like let's just say that you wanted to stay in the relationship. Let's just say that you wanted to heal things. This is a very deep topic. I actually talk about this in a blog article I call Surviving Infidelity, An Overlooked Morning Sign and Healing After the Cheating. You go to the overwhelmedbrain.com. It's a very popular article. I have 141 comments at this moment, and I've answered every single one of them. It is a very informative article if you've experienced infidelity and you don't know what to do next. You don't know how to feel about it, or you don't know how to reconcile your thoughts about it, your anger. Read that if you're having trouble in this area. But the reason I mentioned it is because some of what I'm talking about today is a little bit in that article as well. But what I was starting to say is in order to get to a new level, in order to heal things, in order to get to a point where you can start feeling better a little bit, a tiny bit more each day, there are certain criteria that need to be met. One of those is wanting to salvage the relationship when both people want to salvage the relationship. If both people want to salvage the relationship, there's a really good chance at healing. The second criteria is the person who was the betrayer, the infidel, they need to have genuine remorse. And the third criteria is they need to cut ties with the person they were with completely. In my opinion, they need to cut ties completely. That includes, you know, even quitting their job. That's crazy. I know. But what's going to happen is if you stay connected, if the betrayer stays connected, to the person through work, then how does the victim of infidelity feel that that you know, their partner is seeing the person they cheated with at work every day? So that might have to be part of the rebuilding process. That's probably controversial, and I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm saying that it should be considered. But if you want to heal, that's I think the best way to do it, is to cut ties with the person. Number four is to make solid changes, make real. Changes, It's not the same routine after that. It's different. Your changes might be showing your partner uh, your phone saying, here's my phone, go through it. But there needs to be real changes in that person who did things because who they were led to where they went and that's important. So that doesn't mean, you know, they change their hobbies or anything like that, but it might mean where they hang out and who they hang out with. And are they on the computer at night by themselves? Or are they on their phones by themselves? Anything that makes their partner a little suspicious, you know, where have you been? Oh, how come you're late all the time? Those things need to be addressed. And that is part of, if you want the best chance at reconciling and rebuilding, that's something you have to do. You make these huge changes, which leads to number five. Open communication, honest communication, maybe telling them where you are all the time and telling them where you were, and even following it up saying, I promise I was over there. Let's call Bill right now because I was with him. You know, that might have to happen. And all of these things, what they'll do is help the other person rebuild trust and continue to reinforce that things are going in a direction that are healing and um, honest and where they should have been in the first place. This is all about restarting and rebuilding. It doesn't mean that it has to be this way forever. It just means you have to go through this process. You have to go through these steps. And I'm really simplifying these steps right now, but let me just finish up. Number six is the person maybe needs to seek help, the betrayer, the infidel. Why did I do this? I need to figure out why I did this if they don't know. If they do know and you wanna talk about it with them, that might work too. But that infidel, the betrayer, the one who promised to commit to you and you alone, something changed. And if they aren't able to heal inside of themselves or change their own behaviors in some way, then they may need help and they should be open to getting help. That's a gray area. So that's something that two people need to discuss. I'm not here to say, this is what you need to do or what you should do. I'm here to give you the best chance at rebuilding and reconciling if you want to salvage a relationship in the case of infidelity or some big betrayal. And finally, number seven is you give space. The betrayer has to give space to the person they betrayed because the person they betrayed needs to process this. They need to figure out what to do next. And I don't mean like leave. I just mean when they want their own time, you don't go up to them and say, what's wrong? What are you thinking? What's going on? How are you feeling now? Because that is a badgering. You don't want to badger someone and you don't want to push any type of response out of them. You want to let them come to their own conclusion. You want to let them come to their own decisions. And that gives them the time they need to process and reflect and do all that. Now, this doesn't work for everyone. This doesn't work in every situation, but this is the general guideline. And there's more to it, like I said in the article. And uh, this may not work for the person who wrote this post in Facebook, but I wanted to put that out there for anyone listening that might've gone through a betrayal in the relationship and uh, you're wondering what are the next best steps for you. That's usually the process I follow. And again, there's more steps to the person who wrote again, calling him Chris, this may not work because you've tried to talk about it. It's been years. And in my experience, uh, it takes about six to 12 months for the healing to actually begin. And the reason is because of all that processing time and the rebuilding of just beginning to start trusting again, and even trying to figure out if you want to save the relationship or not. But from what I've seen, it takes about six to 12 months. It's different for everyone and sometimes longer. But six to 12 months is the normal amount of time, or at least the average amount of time that I've seen it takes people to start the healing process. And what that means is there is some progress toward closeness again, connection, emotional intimacy, and maybe physical intimacy now or later, whenever. But the emotional intimacy has to begin. But that usually follows the rebuilding of trust. And the trust has to be there, or at least... Again, starting the process of trusting has to be there first, typically before the emotional connection can begin. And the person who wrote, the person who wrote this Facebook post, it doesn't sound like the trust ever came back. If she can't feel trust towards you, she can't probably feel emotional connection towards you because it's very difficult to feel connection to someone you can't trust. Also, her heart could have closed. Her heart could have shut tight and will not let you back in because letting you back in might be to her uh, feeling unsafe and being in danger. I mean, that's really what it might come down to because someone who is open and caring and supportive and loving to begin with, who opens their heart and is vulnerable with you, they expect you to treat that heart as if you are carrying around nitroglycerin. They expect you to treat that heart as if it's the most important, more important than your life. They expect that. And that is the ultimate in love and connection and trust is when you allow someone to carry your heart around knowing they could do anything at all to it and with it. And when you trust somebody that much with your heart, that is a very deep connection. And that's why we're in love. That's why we fall in love because we can be that vulnerable with somebody. And when you can be that vulnerable with somebody, you are more likely to have a deep emotional connection with them. And um, when that's betrayed, when that goes out the window because you did something with their heart and it hurt like hell, they may not be able to come back from it. So it all depends on the person. The person may not want to come back because it's just too dangerous for them. You know, there's a time in my life, and I would say every relationship before the one I'm in, so basically most of my life, (laughs) where I knew I should talk about something with my partner. I knew I had to talk about it. I knew I had to bring it up, but I didn't. I refused to bring it up. And uh, this brings up today's sponsor, BetterHelp. I could have been talking to somebody about the stuff I didn't want to talk about with my partner. BetterHelp is online therapy and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist that will help you express yourself. If you are afraid to share with somebody else or you have your reservations, you might want to talk about it with somebody that knows what you're going through, has talked to many other people who have gone through what you're going through and uh, can help you, can help you express yourself, can help you express yourself to someone else. help you reconcile your thoughts and figure out what you really want in your life. Just like all the stuff that I never said to the people that really cared about me and probably shared more with me than I ever shared with them, I wanted to be the good guy. I didn't want to bring any bad news into the relationship and uh, that's just not how it works. I mean, sometimes we have to bring the bad news or at least the hard truths. BetterHelp can help you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I want you to head over to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Do it today and get 10% off your first month. That's com forward slash brain. Now the thread does go on to say, uh, Chris, the poster said that he has um, worked on this and he's tried this and he's worked on her passive aggressive behavior. And I highlighted that earlier because I wanted to mention that um, his energy seems to be going toward having her have uh, a different way of thinking about things, different way of approaching things, different way of healing. It seems to be that his focus is on changing her. And he's probably, or they're probably yelling at their podcast right now. That's not what I mean. That's not what, well, the way you wrote it, the way you wrote it tells me that you are more concerned about her changing her passive aggressive behavior than where your focus should be, which is on how you react and how you feel about her passive aggressive behavior. This is a very key component to all of this, to any type of healing and any type of progress, is not addressing someone's behavior directly and telling them, you know, it's been years and uh, maybe if you just did this, we could probably talk about it. Or if you just considered it this way, I mean, the way I'm describing it now, when you talk like that, it's all about helping someone else change who they are, change how they feel, change how they think, which doesn't work well. It doesn't work well and it, it can become emotionally abusive. And I don't think you're doing that or trying to do that. I think what's happening is that you've experienced this for a long enough period of time that you're just trying to grab at straws, trying to figure out how can we get through this? How can we get past this? And you see her behavior as the main problem. And you know what? It could be her attitude, her approach to this could be a problem. But it doesn't matter if it's a problem, the main problem, uh, or anything. What matters is your response to it. And the reason I say that is because right now, I'm not hearing from you in the post that you created, and I don't know the whole story, so this is my answer based on that, is that um, I'm not hearing you say, I don't like her passive-aggressive behavior anymore, so I'm not going to take it. I'm not saying you have to say that, but I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing what you're going to do about it. (laughs) This just sounds awful when I say it that way, but I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing your uh, plan to show that you will not take that behavior anymore. I'm not hearing you talk about your boundaries and also accountability for people that violate your boundaries. And somebody might say, yeah, but... If he's the betrayer, if he did something to betray her trust and her love, shouldn't he experience this? Shouldn't she be upset? And the answer is absolutely. Absolutely, he should experience this. But for how long? How long should it go on for? Somebody might say, for the rest of their lives. Somebody might say that. Somebody might say that that person deserves it for the rest of their life which i would respond that may be true according to that person and if that's the case why would you stay with somebody who you feel that way toward and want to continue feeling that way for the rest of your life it doesn't make sense to me and so i look at it as you know okay 6 to 12 months have passed has there been any progress if there's been no progress then what's next that's where i take things but in this case i'm still focused on what this person wrote you are in a position where she is upset still. It doesn't sound like she trusts you or she can't open her heart for you and towards you. It doesn't sound like she can be vulnerable with you. And um, again, there's some stuff that I didn't read on the air, but it, the whole thing just sounds like she's closed off to you and everything is small talk and nothing has a deep connection anymore. And it's been years. And so there's a point. This is why I usually give a timeline. There's a point where you have to ask yourself, how much more am I willing to be in a relationship where I am not feeling reciprocation? Because he said in the post that I have said I wanted to separate. And every time he talks about separation or wants to talk about the betrayal or anything deeper, she shuts down. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but that is a form of silent treatment or stonewalling and silent treatment in the sense that she needs to process or she can't handle it, or it's a trauma response because it's so deeply hurtful to her and for her that it would just be too difficult to talk about. I'm sure it could be any or all of the above, and it could also be her way of not addressing it. It could be also her way of not being ready to separate. And um, he did mention this in the post as well, that uh, perhaps she's scared that because of finances, because of the difficulty of finding another place to live and all that stuff, that she doesn't want to talk about it. So she could be biding her time until she's ready. And they have a kid, so there's an extra component in there. And um, if that's the case, he wants to know, what do I do? This is really where this whole... Uh, episode is going to I know I've kind of jumped here and there but I wanted to talk about the betrayal first before I get to the main topic which was how can I get this information out of her or how can I move forward with her if she is shutting down and I know I did wrong I know I did bad I know I betrayed I don't think he said these words specifically but that's the gist of what I got I know I did these things, and it's been years, and do I keep going like this? Should I just continue this indefinitely? Is there a way to get through this? Is there a way to heal through this? I have a possible solution to actually get to the bottom of everything. Now, I don't know if this will work for you, but this is probably the closest you're going to get to getting information from somebody who shuts down because they shut down as a protective mechanism so they don't have to get into the conversation or again, because it's PTSD and maybe they really do have a problem, but if they're not seeking help for that or trying to heal from that, then it never goes away. But there is something that you can ask someone or tell someone to help you get to the bottom of things. It's something that my fiance did with her ex. It's something that I've done with my fiance. It's something that I've seen used over and over again, pretty successfully. And that is the comment. I know something's wrong. That you start with that. I know something's wrong. You've been different ever since. And then you say it. You've been different ever since I did that. You've changed. I can tell. So you say, I know something's wrong. You've been different ever since this happened. I can tell. We don't have a connection anymore. I miss that connection. I know it's not there. I know something's wrong. We make small talk. We don't talk about deep things anymore. We just talk about the weather or whatever. And I know you say everything's okay, but it's not. I can tell and so can you. I can tell and so can you. You know, it's different. I know it's different and I I don't want to dance around it anymore. Just tell me, just tell me what's wrong. The person may shut down. The person may say it finally, whatever it is, but what you're doing is you are introducing sort of a pivotal moment in the relationship. It's the moment that they can tell that you're done playing this game. And they're going to have no doubt in their mind that you know what's going on, or at least you know something is going on. Because in the past, they've been able to placate you or tell you everything's fine when it isn't. And I'm not trying to paint the victim as the bad guy here. They're not. But there is a point in any relationship when anything challenging or difficult has come up. And one person has stayed upset and will never stop being upset, never stop being angry. And again, they probably have every right to, but there is a point where the the healing has to take place so the relationship can continue on a better track, or maybe something else needs to change about the relationship. Maybe there needs to be a separation. Maybe it needs to be a divorce, whatever it is, but there has to be a point where it ends. And I like to see the 12-month mark as the start of healing, and if it doesn't start, we need to talk about it. So six to 12 months, that's where usually we see things changing, but after 12 months, if nothing has changed and they're still just as upset as day one, we need to talk about it. What's going on? Why can't we get past this? And if they say, well, I'm still upset, they have every right to be upset, but there's a point where are we going to continue being like this, or are we going to work on it? If they say I'm not ready to work on it, then that's another decision. Of course, you know, okay, well, let's talk about it. You're you're still as upset as you were on day one. Let's talk about that. What are you upset about? What do you mean? What am I upset about? You know what I'm upset about. Lay it on me. Tell me everything because I know that I was a jerk. I know that I betrayed our trust and our love. And I am now committed 100% to you and never being that person again. So if you can't get past that, then of course I honor that. But is there a point where we're going to get past this? And again, this makes it sound like I'm giving the betrayer, the infidel or whatever, uh, a free pass or something. And it's not that at all. It's not that because they have to go through a process of changing who they are. They, They can't be the same person. And sometimes uh, someone will betray us. Sometimes someone will lie to us and we can heal from that and we can get past it. There are people that have thousands of people that have done that, that have gotten past situations like that in their relationship. And sometimes they can't. And sometimes the person will say, no, I'll never be able to forgive that. And that's their choice. I don't know if I could. I'll be honest. If my fiance said, I cheated on you, or if she said something like that, I don't know if I could get past that. I mean, I could take my own advice and go, okay, I know it's going to be six to 12 months before I start healing from this or start thinking about it differently, or look at the relationship and ask myself if it's worth salvaging. Has it been great up to that point? And you don't know until you're in it, but right now from my outside perspective, if that happened and the 100% trust that I have in my partner today was suddenly violated, I probably would think, well, how can I ever trust her again? If I've put a hundred percent trust in who she is today and she did that, how can I come to that point again? How can I come to that point of trusting that much again when I already feel this way that she would never do that to me in the first place? So believe me when I say I'm not necessarily taking sides here because I have my own uh, thoughts about it. And at the same time, if I was in it and it happened, man, I would have to know what led up to that. What did I do? What happened in the relationship? Why did she do it? I would want to know. I would want to have all these questions answered. And I would I would want to be satisfied with the answer. If she said, well, you know, um, every time you ignored me, I just felt like that was another snub and I, I would have to think about that. And oh my God, maybe I did ignore her every time. And maybe that's what caused her to feel less and less loved by me. And uh, and then I would have another thought because I've taught this for 10 years. <laughs> my next thought would be, wait, 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 wait. She made a conscious decision to do that. And my belief is that you're supposed to talk to your partner and say things like, uh, hey, you snubbed me. That feels like you don't care about me. I would want that kind of open discussion. But, you know, she doesn't listen to my show. <laughs> so maybe that would happen. Maybe not. But again, I believe we have a very open, very honest relationship. So for that to happen, my bias would certainly kick in. And I don't know how I would act or react or whatever. Anyway, that was a a side journey I probably shouldn't have taken, but I wanted to share that I'm not taking sides. I'm not trying to pick on anyone or point out that anyone is um, right or wrong. I'm just saying that in order to get through a challenge or a betrayal in a relationship, there are certain criteria that need to be met. And in order to talk to someone who cannot get to that healing stage, who can't seem to allow their heart to open to the other person again there's a point where the other person the cheater the infidel the liar whatever they are whatever they've done if they've truly changed if they'll never do those acts again if they have changed their behavior and they are now a different person and they are now humble and honest and transparent and vulnerable themselves and the victim of their behavior Wants to continue the relationship and wants, they want to grow together and try to work through this and maybe rebuild something new because that's what it takes. You got to rebuild, you got to restart because now you are both different people. And you better be. (laughs) I mean, at least the cheater has to be a different person. They better be a different person because we don't want to repeat. And the person who got cheated on, the person who got lied to, whatever they are a victim of, they have to be a different person too. They might have to be a little bit more diligent. They might have to be um, opening the line of communication a lot more to make sure that um, they don't feel like a victim ever again. That doesn't mean you have to become paranoid or anything like that. It just means you have to change the way you think and the way you are in the relationship in order to have that trust rebuild and have that connection rebuild to eventually come to a place where you feel like you can be yourself again. Because it doesn't mean you lose yourself. It doesn't mean if you like who you are, you can't be that person anymore. It just means during the healing process, during the transition of rebuilding, you approach things differently. You think about things differently. Because as I said near the beginning of the episode, you end up changing who you are after things are found out. Because who you were, you will probably feel very uncomfortable being. But you don't have to stay this new person, but you do have to change, at least during the rebuilding stage. Now, the reason I brought that up at the beginning is because Chris, the person who posted, said that um, it's been years and she still feels the same way or she's still upset or she still won't talk about it. She's still the way she's always been. So she did change, but she does not seem to want to rebuild. She does not seem to want to to reconnect. And so she has never tried to um, move forward in the relationship. And maybe she wants to move forward in herself, but like Chris said, she may have other challenges regarding that because maybe her definition of moving forward is leaving. But if she leaves, then she has financial issues and she's stuck. And there's a lot of people in that situation. They don't like the relationship they're in, or they don't trust the person they're with, but they can't leave because they have those limitations and they don't have any options. And that's very difficult. But I also think that should be uh, something you talk about. I'm afraid to leave because I'll be financially strapped. But as Chris said in the post, he said, if she says that it'll bring up the idea of separation and then she'll think that I don't want to be with her anymore. And that's what she's afraid of. So it's very challenging when you have that dynamic especially for the victim who doesn't have much of a choice or feel like they have much of a choice. Now, let me just address this last thing. I suggested how you could approach her. The reason it comes to that, a reason I suggested the way you would ask or the way you would express what's going on or you want them to express what's going on with them, what happens when you do that is you reach a turning point. You're supposed to, you're supposed to reach a turning point in the relationship. And what that means is if things have been the same all this time, then it has to change from this point on because this is your turning point. This is your pivotal moment in the relationship where things have to change or else because the way things are is not sustainable. The way things Chris has described is not sustainable when there's no connection in a relationship and there's even probably some disdain or some anger and you can't get past it, it's very difficult to be in that relationship. And if she's just biding her time and counting the days until whenever she's ready to leave, then it's, it's got to be very difficult for her. But there's a point where it has to end so that both people can move on. He's stuck. She's stuck. How are you going to move on? Who's going to move on first? What's going on? Do you wait another few years until your kid's old enough? Or do you just start making plans now? She might be afraid that she has no options, but maybe that should be discussed too. He could say, you know, if you're afraid of finances, let me help you out. Let's separate. It could be a cordial separation if that's the way this is going to go. But I think it needs to be talked about, it needs to be discussed. And the pivotal moment often includes some sense of closure, some sense of finality to what's been going on. So yes, you could say, Hey, I know something's wrong. You and I both know things have changed. You're not connected. I don't feel connected to you. We don't kiss anymore. What is going on? And so you Open up the topic, knowing that from this point on, things will change. From this point on, she could say, I'm leaving. That could be it. This could be the final moment that you have a conversation about this stuff because she could say, I'm leaving. This does open the door to closure. This does open the door to something you may not want to happen. But I guarantee you, the way the relationship's going now is what you don't want to happen you don't want to continue like this. She doesn't want to continue like this. She can't be happy. She's got to be miserable. So you're both miserable and you got to talk about it, but maybe you're both afraid of talking about it because of what it means. But if you don't talk about it, you stay miserable. How many years of life has to go by while you stay miserable together? just not worth it to me. Not worth it. And I know the the circumstances that you might be in, you have a kid, you have uh, commitments, you have a house together, that could all play a factor, but that needs to be talked about too. That needs to be opened up for conversation. Put it on the table. Let's just get this out of the way. It's not going to be an easy conversation, but neither is daily life from what you're describing. And so I hope this helps give you some sense of direction, some thoughts to process, something to think about moving forward. It sounds like You have changed and you really want the best for her and you really know you screwed up, but it can't stay this way. And you know, one thing I did mention is you keep having concerns about how she's approaching you or how she's dealing with her stuff. And um, I didn't really emphasize it too much, but uh, what I'm trying to emphasize there, what I'm trying to highlight in that sense is if things don't change, which they haven't in years then your only focus needs to be on you and what you're going to do about it. Okay. She's being a passive aggressive. Okay. What are you going to do about it? That doesn't mean what are you going to do to her? It means what are you going to do for yourself? She's being passive aggressive and you can also say, hey, that really hurt what you just said. And I don't like that. Could you please not do that anymore? That may be a conversation you don't want to have. I'm not saying you have to have this, but when we focus on someone else and wanting them to change, then we tend to miss out on what we're supposed to be doing for ourselves. And this is really, this is supposed to be the, the gist of my, <laughs> my podcast today, is that what do we do for ourselves instead of what we try to change in someone else? That really was what I was going to be talking about today, but it turned into a whole different thing. But that is an important point. Am I focused on what she's doing and what uh, she says and how she's showing up? Or maybe I don't like that and I need to do something about it for me. Maybe it's a boundary violation and I need to decide I won't accept that anymore. So this is what I'm going to do. Hey, I won't accept that behavior anymore. So I'm going to leave or I want to ask you to stop doing that. Or I want this. I want that. It's about what you want and what you need for yourself. This goes for anyone. You have boundaries, you have values, you deserve to honor those boundaries and respect or have people respect your values. You deserve that. Now, if you've done something wrong or you've dishonored someone, you disrespected them, you cheated on them, if you've done that, then yeah, you're going to have to go through a period of retribution and a lot of anger and a lot of upset and uh, you're going to have to be very humble. (laughs) You're going to have to be very vulnerable you're going to, have to be very transparent and honest and everything that you should have been in the first place because you have to go through that um healing period if you are willing to change if you are not going to be that person anymore ever again and you do change into someone that would never do that wrong thing again then there's a point where your values and your boundaries do matter and uh, when it gets to that point you certainly have a conversation about it with the person you care about And if they refuse to change their behaviors, then you, again, come back to yourself and ask yourself, well, what am I going to do now? How do I take care of me? I want to thank the person who wrote that in Facebook. And uh, I tried to keep all the details confidential, so nobody knows who you are. (laughs) Thank you so much for writing that. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our patrons this week, Anna, Harriet, Deborah, Tammy, and Mary, I am very grateful for your support. You are the financial backers of this show. I call them patrons of the week. I read new names every week, and I want to thank them personally. Thank you very much. I appreciate all of you. If you value the show like these patrons do and you want to give back, head over to moratob.com and there are options to do that. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships. Yeah, I talk about difficult relationships here too, but I get really in the weeds over at loveandabuse.com. That's my other podcast. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, uh, there are a few of you out there. (laughs) Just head over to healedbeing.com if you want to change behaviors that you're having trouble changing. I actually have a full-fledged program that can help you do that. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And my final thoughts have to do with the hard discussions. When we have hard discussions, we can get farther in any situation, almost any situation, because we're willing to talk about what we don't really want to know the answer to. That's what it comes down to for me. It's like when I open up the floor with a hard discussion, like the stuff I've talked about with my fiance over the last nine years or so, When we have the hard discussions, we always progress. Now, there's a big picture in our relationship, which is staying together. It's growing together. It's growing old together. That's our big picture. And so when we have the hard discussions, it's like telling each other, I trust you enough and I trust us enough to have this discussion in the hopes that it will strengthen our bond and uh, allow us to feel safe being honest with each other. And the more we've done that over the years, the closer we've gotten. And I've had to have some very hard conversations. We both have. We both had to have hard conversations because something might bother me or something might bother her. And I remember at the very beginning of our relationship, a few things or a couple of things I did bothered her, but she never wanted to talk about it. She didn't want to stir the pot, so to speak, or rock the boat because she thought I might be upset or, you know, it would make the relationship more difficult. But what made the relationship difficult was not having the conversation. That's what made the relationship difficult is we were constantly avoiding what we needed to talk about. And one day I said exactly what I said in this episode. I know something is wrong. You won't look at me when I walk in the room. You're not really connected to me anymore. Something is off. I know it. And she said, no, everything's fine. (laughs) And I said, no, it isn't. And I wasn't going to drop it. And that's kind of what I'm talking about in this episode is that when you drop it, it continues. You know, whatever's going on continues. But if you don't drop it and you say something like, I know something's wrong. I know something's off. We're not connected. What's going on? That's often when you can finally get past the level you're at. Now, in the case of the person who wrote that Facebook post, his partner may not want to reveal what could very well turn out to be a relationship ending conversation. That can definitely happen. If somebody knows that the relationship has no chance, they just may not want to talk about it until they're ready to exit the relationship. And it sounds like the person who wrote the post Uh, knows this. It sounds like it's possible the way he said it, it's possible that she just doesn't want to talk about the end because she doesn't feel like she has any options. And she's worried that if she brings it up, that I will probably end the relationship and then she'll be really stuck. And so, you know, we talked about options there about him saying, okay, well, maybe I can make this transition easier on you, but that's a very personal choice. And uh, it's certainly something they have to discuss and he has to think about, but It is very possible and very likely that a conversation that brings up the harder stuff, the deeper truths within you, it could change everything. And that's why a lot of people don't want to talk about the harder stuff. They just kind of uh, go around it or don't bring it up or try to avoid it because they know it's going to be more difficult. Yet it could change everything for the better and it could change everything in a way you don't want it to go. I'm not going to say for the worst because sometimes it's not for the worst. Sometimes you think it is, but it, it just changes things and you have to adapt to the change. And sometimes things get a lot better after that. That's what happened to me several times in my life is that I thought things were a lot worse and it turned out that, what is it? Uh, blessing in disguise. It turns out that some of the worst stuff in my life were actually blessings. And now I look back and I think, wow, all of this happened for the best. And it's hard to see when you're going through it. But uh, that's how I see it. I hope that's how you see it. If you don't see it that way, always keep an open mind. That's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.